in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit from God. Amen. Before we start, I would like to share with you one verse or two verses from Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8, from verse 32 till, let's say, 36. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 32 to 36. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. I think all what we said since last night, just we were offering his words. Every talk was nearly 10 to 15 verses plus four or five quotes by the church fathers. <coughs> now then, my sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instructions and be wise. Do not ignore it. If you are still insisting to ignore his word, he's advising me and you do not ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. So it's a life of, of uh, continuous watchfulness. For whoever finds me, finds life. And this again, the call for everyone to find life. For whoever finds me, finds life, and receives favor from the Lord. And what is the opposite? Or what is the other option? But whoever fails to find me, harms himself. All who hate me love this. All who hate me love this. So the choice is too very clear. Life or this. To listen to his ways or to ignore his ways. To watch all the way at the, door, the gates of his house and the doorways or you lose everything. So we spoken last night, or have spoken last night about <clears throat> the place of rest, and we went till we discovered Christ converted the temple into your body and my body. And in the morning we saw he is also, she was a man of rest, who is ready to go the whole journey with us to rebuild my temple. And we spoke about the time of rest when the Lord <coughs> is able to convert through your cooperation with his grace, your crowns into kairos. And now is the last talk of tonight, which is the aim of the whole weekend. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Hebrews 4.11 But before we start, we can just, I will remind you with a story, because some of you yesterday said that we are not acquainted too much with the Old Testament. The story in the book of Numbers, chapter 13 and 14, no, we are not going to read it, just I will summarize it in a few minutes. The Lord told Moses to send 12 spies to spy the land, the promised land, Canaan. They went with a, and they came back with a great report. But they were divided into two groups, two and ten. The ten said we can't make it, because the land is possessed by very strong people. The other two said no, we can make it, because God has promised us to take it. And because of that, all the Israelites followed the ten who said, we can't make it, we can't enter into this land. And all the Israelites were rejected because they were grumbling against God on that day. And God swore in his anger that they are not going to enter into the land of my rest. St. Paul said the same in Hebrews 3.11, that they are not going to enter the land of rest. 
because you were grumbling, they are not believing God. Especially these two, Caleb and Joshua, because they believed they entered, the only two of the adults of that day who entered the land of promise. So chapter 4 is telling us about the same story. Are we going to enter his rest or not? So he gave us four verses, but let me take it with you one by one. Verse 1, he says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. So there are four verbs he used. First of all, let us fear. Of entering his rest, lest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. We spoke about the man of rest, the time of rest, the place of rest, but he's afraid that some of us cannot enter into this rest. But why? <coughs> why fear? Verse 2. He said, For indeed the gospel was preached to us. All of us heard the same message. All of us has the same Bible. As well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith and those who heard it. So are we believe, do we believe, do we have faith on what we have heard today and yesterday? On every day when we hear something from the, from the Bible, if it's not mixed with faith and those who heard it, they are not going to enter into His rest. So do we have such fear? We spoke yesterday and today about not the theory of rest, but the reality that we need to grasp. We need to grab. One of the reasons how to grab it first, let us fear. Let us examine ourselves. Is such faith, or sorry, is such message of the gospel mixed with faith? Is it reality to me, or is that it's a theory? We heard many promises, but it's not my, they are not mine. We heard many commandments, and he said, listen to me in Proverbs 8. You either choose it for life, or you are choosing this for you. Who all hate me, love this. What is my choice today? He wants these four verbs to tell me it is your action. It is your cooperation with my grace. You heard many times about repentance. You heard many times about changing attitudes. You heard many times about stopping certain relationships. But till now, this world was not mixed with enough faith to enter his rest. <coughs> so it's not a matter of what I heard in the morning or the, the whole weekend. It is what is your decision today to make all what you have heard Maxwell's face to be mine and yours, to enter his face. Let me remind you with verse 1 again. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, lest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. St. Paul was afraid Despite his talking to Hebrews who were in faith all their lives. They were in the Jewish tradition, they received Christ and they became Christians. And as we read in the morning in 5.12, that because of the, such long time you were a believer, I thought that you are a teacher now in the church. But sadly I discovered that you need to learn the very first oracle of God. Let me share with you this first from the Amplified Version, 4.2. For indeed we have had the glad tidings, which is the gospel, proclaimed to us just as truly as the Israelites of old did when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. 
we all heard that Christ came and saved us. How much more is good news compared with the good news of the Old Testament? But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith. And then the amplification was the leaning of the entire personality of God in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness. Is it in me and you this night? By those who heard it, neither were they united in faith with the ones, Joshua and Caleb, there was only two believers. Sometimes we feel that we have a pity about ourselves. Do you think that because all of us are not going to make it? He's telling you, if two will make it, it's enough for me. All the adults of, the, of this generation didn't make it. They didn't make it with faith. We had one full conference about this story. But it's not time to discuss it again. So don't say, because I am in a big group, I'm going to be saved. No, it's a personal act. It's such good news, or glad tidings of the gospel. Yours and mixed with faith, and you are entering into this rest. If not, you cannot enter. I'm not making it hard for you, but I'm making it clear for me and for you. I can deceive myself, and I can deceive you. So why feel? Because many have heard such good, good news. No, none of them, except to enter this <coughs> land of promise, Canaan. And the second one, which is the verse of our conference, verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Diligent means I have to do my best. I have to mix this world with faith. I'm not going to lose it. He's telling us not to lose it, not to, this, to have such despair, but to have such courage. I am not going because I have been I have been warned enough, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. If you remember, in the chapter 13, verse 1 and 2, God has sent through Moses sent the twelve spies for a mission. Go and see the land that you are going to inherit. That I am going to give it to you. See how good it is. The problem was the ten came to say it is good, but we can't make it. The two went for the right mission. The ten went for the wrong mission. God then sends them to see, go and see if you are able to make it or not. Go and see if it's good or not. The other two said it's good and God is going to give it to us. So once more, your problems are too big to you and you can't make it. But this is not the mission. To enter into his rest is to believe in his power, but not to believe in your own power. Caleb and Joshua believed in his power. They got the right mission. Go and see how good it is. Go and see how his rest is so joyful, so victorious. And I am going to give it to you. You can't make it for yourself. That's why the only two among all the adults who enter the land of rest was those two who went to for the right mission. As if he's telling us today, please make your mission in the right direction. Go and inherit the land. Go and see this place of rest, the man of rest, and the time of rest. It is yours. Even if it looks too hard for you, I'm going to make it for you. I'm not telling you see how, how hard it is. I'm telling you see how joyful it is. And then the rest will be done by me. 
Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Sometimes the disobedience is in the mission itself, or in the very first beginning, not in the details of it. Of course, we have to obey the command. We have to obey every single word we heard in the morning and last night. But in the end, you have to believe it. It's not only obedience. It's obedience through belief. Obedience through seeing how powerful is the one who is giving me this command. You know, if you just imagine for a moment, the same mouth of the Lord who said to Lazarus who died for four days, Arise, is telling me, don't lie or don't steal. Do you believe that he has the power to raise with his mouth, with his word, the dead, and cannot perform such command in you and in me? If you imagine that he is the same God, the same power, the same person, is telling you, don't steal. Don't go more in this relationship. Don't go in this place anymore. He is telling you the power is in my word. But just accept it with faith. It is not in your weakness. It is not in your own imagination. It is in me. Because I am the giver of life. And now we say always in the creed and the most of the, our prayers about the Holy Spirit is the life giver. This life giver is not far in the heaven. He came and made me a temple, as we spoke today in the morning and yesterday. And he's able, able not make only to be a life giver to me, but also a life changer, because he is the creator. And now we are working together. The communion and the love and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So first, let us fear, and secondly, let us enter. But again, in which way? He explains more. In verse 9 and 10, same chapter, Hebrews 4, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. A very special rest. Here we'll find the word totally different. The word rest mentioned in this chapter, I think, five or six times. But one of them is different from all of others. We'll see it in a minute. For he who has entered his rest has himself also seized from his works as God did from his. Now it is the rest of God. I'm not entering into a different kind of rest. This he sees forever an eternal rest. Once God said, I am rest, I rested, I finished everything, it is done. And for us when we enter the same rest for for remains before a rest for the people of God. It means an eternal rest. Does it mean that I'm not going to work? I'm working. Because once God rested, still He is doing something. But His rest in our fellowship. Resting in us and we are resting in Him. The job has been done. But still I am enjoying every day the man of rest, the place of rest, the time of rest. Let me show you this word, God's rest, in verse 9. The same root of the word Sabbath. Again, it's G4520, which means rest. And here's what is written in Sire Dictionary. Rest in Greek Sabbatism. In time, there are many Sabbaths, but then there shall be the enjoyment and keeping of a Sabbath rest, one perfect and eternal. This one, because it's God's rest, one perfect and eternal. 
The rest in Hebrews 4.8 in Greek is a different word, which means in Hebrew Noah, as we spoke today in the morning. Rest from weariness, and as the ark rested on Ararat after its tossing to and fro. But now the rest is something different. But the rest in Hebrews 4.9 is the nobler and more exalted, the Hebrew Sabbath. Rest literally to cease from something. Rest from the rain, from the work when it is finished, as God rested. And this is what remains for God's people. Therefore, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. And again, it is a let us go. Let us therefore diligently work on it. We can't leave it. We have to mix it with faith and to go diligently every minute of our life because it is an eternal rest. It is again the everlasting now that is calling us for it. And then the third command, the fourth let us in this chapter, let us hold fast. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. What is our confession? That, is, that we are required to hold fast in it. As I said to many of you before, confession in Greek is homologia. And there is a positive confession and there is a negative confession. Homo means the same. Logia is utterness, the same judgment or the same words to be said according to one thing. The positive confession is the creed is a confession. All church creeds are confessions. So positively we say we, truly we believe in one God. It's a confession. But there is a negative confession as well when you go to confess our sins. Let us hold fast our confession in which way and how. I will share with you only one confession. We need to focus more to enter into this rest, to give diligence to enter into that rest. He said in Ephesians 2.6, He raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is the New Corinthians translation. If we read it from the Amplified, and he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him. Our humanity has a place in heaven, in Christ. And then it will be in its fullness in the second coming. In the heavenly sphere, by virtue of our being in Christ. This is my portion in this participation of the synergia or the corporate act God and me God is going to seat me and give me seat jointly with him in heaven by the virtue of being in Christ the Messiah the anointed one and this is my confession now when I will enter his rest I will see this he said, by virtue we are in Christ. This is my choice, my response to God's grace. And this is me not responding properly. I'm still on earth. And as St. Paul said in the same chapter, Ephesians 2.2, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. There's something in between. 
the prince of the power of the air, the devil, is controlling this air. And you have one of two positions. Either in Christ Jesus in the heavenly realms, you have authority over him. Or not in Christ and he has authority over you. What is your choice? This is the meaning, real meaning of rest. To be in Christ, and it's my decision, my cooperation with grace, or not in Christ, and the, the prince of the power of the air has dominion over my life. So I to enter into his rest. It means the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing to do with me, because I am not in earth anymore. I am not from this world anymore. I am in Christ, raised with him, seated with him in the heavenly realm. This is our confession. That's why when Paul here is saying, let us hold fast our confession. Our high priest entered, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. And he's able to take all of us with him. Before that, we don't have a high priest. Our high priest before Christ is able to enter into the Holy Spirit once a year to cover the mercy seat with the blood of the animal sacrifice. And he can't do any more. But our high priest, in which we have to confess today, it changed the whole balance. Now we have this amazing choice to be in Christ, in the heavenly realms, seated and raised with him. And this is the old choice. We are not in Christ, we are on earth, and the prince of the power of the air has dominion over me and you. That's why to enter into the rest. Part of it is a grace offered. I'm communicating with this grace. As St. John Christon told us yesterday, the grace is offered always for everyone. And then she works on those who are inflamed with the Spirit. Their souls are on fire to be in the right place in Christ. To adore His sacrifice. When I choose to be Him, I'm adoring what He has done. I'm not this graceful or throwing on the blood of the Son of God as Paul says in Hebrews 10 29. So let us fear and mix our faith with the good news of the Bible. And secondly, let us give diligence. And thirdly, let us hold fast to our confession. We have a high priest who is now in heaven and is able to hold us over with him to raise us up and sit us <coughs> up with him. And the last one, let us come boldly. You know, in the hymn of Frahya Maryam, it's the same Greek word. We have no other way of boldness except to come to ask for intercession of Virgin Mary. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. <coughs> Why it's boldly? Does boldly mean it means that I am not humble? Remember what we said early in the morning today. Those whom the Lord is going to teach, they are the confess that they are sinners and confess and accepted to humble himself before the Lord. But here the boldness is not from ourselves. The boldness that he is taking us with him to the throne of grace. We can't enter alone with the throne of grace. But because the blood is now sprinkled over everyone when we are baptized, 
we were washed in his blood, we were born again to be heavenly creatures, for our citizenship is in heaven, as Paul says in Philippians 3.20. But again, what is this throne of grace? This verse we read in the morning, but let me repeat it once more. Hebrews 12, sorry, 9, 12 to 14. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. So this redemption is not limited to time anymore. It's eternal redemption. And I was discussing with few of you, uh, maybe in the afternoon, one of the biggest difference between our theology and the theology of the West is the theology of time. Once for all, we hear it many times from different reformed churches. It is something in time, done in the past, maybe 2,000 years ago. But in our theology, it is once for all and always, never ending. Because the church is living in the reality of eternity. And the church is not from this world. It is the mystical body of Christ. We are living in such everlasting now. Everything, as we said yesterday, Christ has done was eternal in the economy of the Trinity, eternal in the mind of God, revealed in time, and remained eternal once more. This is the theology of the Orthodox Church. Nothing is changing. It is once for all, but this is not the end. Once for all and always, because the acts of Christ are eternal. And he said in the next verse, it's once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. It is not once for all in time. In time, this is for revealed in time. The revelation was in time. But the act is, was eternal and remains eternal at all times. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more? That's why we have this boldness to enter into the grace, the throne of grace. In the Old Testament, it was the boldness of the high priest to enter into the Holy of all once a year. Now how much more shall the blood of Christ, through the eternal spirit, every single thing about Christ is eternal, despite that was revealed in us, to us in time at a certain point, a certain moment, but still the act is eternal. Who through the eternal spirit offered himself without a spot to God, Cleanse at your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. That's why St. John Christom was commenting on the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he was saying, all the disciples heard the voice from him, this is my beloved son. And because that voice was heard once, is always there. Whenever we are baptizing anyone in the church, the father is saying, this is my beloved son. Of course, Christ was the beloved son by nature, and is my beloved son, by adoption, in Christ Jesus once more. So every single thing we celebrate in the life of Christ during the liturgical year in the church, it is my feast and your feast. And it is a real living to the same event on a personal way. That's why I can't miss any one of them, because they are my feast. I'm celebrating being in Christ, in his baptism, in his resurrection, in his ascension, to enjoy the fullness of the rest 
All what he has done is to give us this Sabbath, the eternal rest, to feel and to believe and to see that the work has been done. He said it is finished on the cross. What is finished? The work that needed for you. It's time to enter into this rest. Does it mean that I'm not going not to suffer? I will suffer. But in such suffering, I will see rest. For the joy that has been set before him, he accepted the shame, the shame of the cross. And he is telling us, it's time to share my cross and to see it a joy for the sake of others, for the sake of having the same yoke with me, for the sake of enjoying the fellowship of his suffering, as Paul said in Philippians. And then again, the Eucharistic application. The Church is telling us the four acts, every liturgy. We are listening to the Gospel, and the Church is telling us many prophets and righteous men desire to see and to hear, and they couldn't. And now you are privileged. Make us worthy to hear and to act. Let us mix our hearing with our faith to be a change of life, a moment of meeting with the everlasting now through Jesus Christ. Give diligence. Every minute in the liturgy you are saying, carry a home, asking for God's mercy, because you want to enter relying on the mercy of God. And thirdly, with such boldness and with such holding fast to confession, I confess that Jesus is Lord. I confess it's the Trinity. And I told you maybe yesterday, if you count how many times I mentioned the Trinity, just from the beginning till before the creed, so I think we counted them one, it was nearly 27 times. So it's, we are holding fast in such confession. We believe in the Trinity. We believe in the Incarnation. We believe in everything during the liturgy. And then we enter with boldness to heaven to meet and to unite ourselves with the eternal Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, to take us into his heavenly realm, to be victorious in him and through him. And his words of St. John Christophe once more. Let us return from that table, again it is the Eucharist, like lions breathing out fire, terrifying to the devil. Fact is, borrowing the words of St. Paul in a different way, Paul says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that when the son of loneliness, the Antichrist will appear, the Lord will appear and he will destroy him with the breath of his mouth. And here St. John is saying it is, he is already here, he is in you. Now, returning from this table like lions, breathing out fire, terrifying to the devil. It's not our power, I can't make it. But I have the one who's, who done it and is able to make it in me and through me once more. And finally again, here is his words. We sang in the morning and I said, we want to see you, we want to touch you, and hear what St. John is telling us. Up till now, Christ, who set the table, is sanctifying it himself. Again, it is an eternal act. St. <coughs> John Chrysostom said, and his homily, I think, number 50 in the book, the Gospel of Matthew, saying that in every liturgy, the priest or the officiator of the sacrament is taking us to the upper room because we are out of time. Because the church believes in one Eucharist done by the Lord on the great Thursday. 
Up till now, what does it mean? You are living an eternal now of the day. Read last supper. Up till now, Christ who set the table is sanctifying it himself. No man changes the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ, but Christ himself who was crucified for us. The priest utters the words, just he is using the mouth of the priest. But the sanctification, which we call the epicrise, the invocation of the Holy Spirit, occurs through the power of God and His grace, through His words. This is my body and this is my blood. They are sanctified. Again, this is the reality of the eternal now. Christ has done the Eucharist and it's not finished yet. It is always on. That's why we are not in the debate between the Catholic and the Protestant. We are crucifying Christ every liturgy because we are still limited to time. But we are out of this time. We are living the everlasting now, every liturgy. We go to the same upper room up till now. And this is not only St. John all the Church Fathers, when they spoke about the Eucharist, it is the reality of the eternity. That's why we call it the, um, the medicine of immortality. Again, immortality it means eternity. We are not going to die anymore. That's why the Lord told Mary and Martha in uh, John chapter 11, If you believe me, you are not going to die. If you believe me and you die, you are going to live once more. That's why, again, I think we had a conference, a whole conference about this verse again. When Martha was debating with the Lord, she told him, if you were here in the past four years, days ago, you wouldn't die. He told her, your, your, your brother will rise. She told, yes, I know he will rise in the last day. She's talking about the future. And she's missing that now. Christ is here with you now. You missed him four days ago and your, son, your brother died. You are believing in him in the very far future that he can raise your brother. But is there any possibility to meet him now? Because he is the same one yesterday, today and forever. He is not powerful four days ago and will be very powerful after a few hundred or thousand years, but he has no power today. And again, this is how the devil is stealing our present moment in which only we can meet our Lord and convert into everlasting now. That's why here St. John something up there now. I believe that tomorrow the liturgy will be different. It will be again a, a taste of eternity, not boring, not long time. A taste of being entering with boldness to the throne of His grace. One last word by St. Cyprian before we start praying. You think how much greater is the gladness in God the Father when anyone is so spiritually born? As if he's saying, who is going to satisfy the hunger in the heart of our Heavenly Father? How much greater is the gladness in God the Father when anyone is so spiritually born, so spiritually grown, that in his acts embraces the divine eminence of race is announced. You will see your deeds, your words, and glorify your Father in heaven, in heaven. I pray that all of us will have to partake tomorrow in the Eucharist. If you didn't confess for a long time, please confess. If you would like to sit with me at the end of the 
meeting, I will be in the other room waiting for you at any time. But please make a joy, a great joy in heaven. If anyone is so spiritually born or grown, he is praising the Father. And even the Bible said in Luke chapter 15, if anyone, if a sinner repents, is a great joy in heaven. So who is going to celebrate a great joy in heaven or cause a great joy in heaven today is the one who is going to please and to give such gladness to the heart of the Father and to the heart of the Holy Trinity to adore the place of rest, the man of rest and the time of rest and to enjoy the fullness and the boldness and to give such diligence to enter into his rest. May the glory of Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever.